Good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's yeah. Funny. Good evening, everyone. I forgot for a second we were video, so I pointed to you. <laughs> like so I'm on stage? Hear it. That's <laughs> the thing. If you ever see me in the end of a song, at the end of the service, look over on the stage. I'm looking for Paul. <laughs> yeah. It happened two Sundays ago. I, I was yeah. just so wiped out. I just put my head down, and I'm like, you land this bird, baby. <laughs> I'll land it. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, it's good to be with job, <laughs> Well, thank you. You get good at the surprises. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it is good to be here. With yes, everyone sir. tonight, there yep. we are <laughs> once again. We're sponsored by North Face. That's right. right. <laughs> no, you, no, no, oh, no, I'm no, mine's on North Face. Oh, okay. This is uh, this is some. It's funny. Outdoor. Yeah, it says outdoor. <laughs> you know it's Chinese. Okay, they're not even going to be specific outdoor. anymore. We're not even trying. We're just. I'm serious. I'm. It's not an insult. I'm not no. insulting the whole nation. The, the four billion Chinese. No, um, they make a lot of they stuff. They make this, and they'll just change the logo on it. And, um, you know, yeah. like it's, it's just like um, Tim Sweatshirt. Yeah. That only looks like the one he had on yesterday. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it got cold all of a sudden. That's why. Oh, I mean, did. it was like, it what did. in the world? I got to pull this chef's yeah. hat back out yep. and take uh, it to there. You know, yeah. so you can always tell the guy who's had a fight with his wife, he's still wearing what he wore yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's how we show we love around here. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, if we got all these bullets, we might as well shoot them. That's you know, right. you got to unload your gun every once in a while. Got to unload yeah. the gun every once in a while. It is good to see everybody. And yeah. uh, any any big things happening in the world? Well, we got the women's retreat tomorrow, so yes. a lot of a lot of the uh, guys will be doing John Wick marathons, oh, Bruce yeah. Willis diehard marathons. No, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a Bruce Willis <laughs> marathon while my wife is out of town seeking the Lord's face. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch every Bruce Willis movie uh, where something somebody either gets shot or something gets blown up. Yeah. Um, what would you What would you say is his best? I have to say the first Die Hard That's a great is, one. is just like the yeah. best uh, yeah. of the best. There's a couple others he's done, but... Uh, Are you doing Sixth Sense? No, no, I don't feel that. bang, bang, shoot I don't up. think that's him. I see that <laughs> as more th- that kid. Oh, being, yeah. Uh, that yeah. kid's movie, but yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah. you know, or M. Night Shyamalan. 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 Yeah, Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get cards and letters about that. <laughs> uh, so, yes. so what are we talking about tonight? Well, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, do I need to take us there or do I Let's not need to take, take us there? Just take us there. Okay. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for this day. We thank you for just your presence being here with us. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that uh, lives within us and for your word that we get to study and, and talk through tonight. Bless our conversation. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. 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 So we're still going into Learner, Lover, Leader, which mm-hmm. is our series that we're, we're in for this whole year. And it really is talking about discipleship. Uh, last week, we learned about the engaged learning cycle, mm-hmm. the circle, yeah. which is really, it's not just learning. We kind of broke out what those learning moments look like. Mm-hmm. And I'll just run real quick through them. We observe, we reflect, we discuss, we plan. Uh, we're accountable, and then we act. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we learn something, it has to go through those phases. Now, we can just observe something, and a lot of times we think that that's learning, but that's not really learning. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of it, but uh, there's a point when you actually have to take it further all the way through this, the full circle of learning mm-hmm. and uh, before mm-hmm. it becomes... But we also learn that there is pair elements 
And in any truth in scripture, that most people tend not to look for these pairs. I always look for these pairs. Um, like, for instance, if you give me faith, well, then I'm also taught about works. That's mm-hmm. a pair. Mm-hmm. If you talk about believing, we're also taught about obeying. Mm-hmm. And then if we're talking about, like, the call of Christ in our lives, we're also taught about the response. So a lot of times people want to talk about faith, they want to talk about believing, they want to talk about the call. But when it comes to, hey, what about my works? What about my obeying? What about my response? We tend to fall off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but though, when we apprehend the truth, I think we have to apprehend all the components of it. We can't just, uh, what, what did somebody say when you pack, uh, pick up one end of a stick, you've you're picking up the whole stick or both ends of the stick at the same, same time. And I think that's how you'll have to pick up truth. You have to pick up not only the faith part of it, but, okay, what am I supposed to do? Um, mm-hmm. you, could, you could put it this way. Uh, is look at every truth as what is God telling me and what does God want me to do? That God doesn't just communicate truth for living just to inform us, but rather there's always that other part of the stick that we've picked up the other end of the stick where God's saying okay I also have a response for this so mm-hmm. um, I think that's really important and that learning is really not done until both of them are have been resolved mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, and I think that if we're honest we we want to uh, avoid times in our lives that will change us to the core I mean I don't think anybody really wants those kinds of moments where it's just going to change you to the core uh, and I think some of us are masters of dodging the responsibility of learning. Uh, we we can kind of get around it. And also, when those events come, I think some of us are pretty good at medicating our way out of mm-hmm. learning. I mean, we can medicate. Uh, what did I hear somebody today that that one of the reasons that people don't think about heaven is that they're so entertained here now that people aren't afraid of dying mm-hmm. as much is because we're so distracted with the entertainment that we have around us that we don't get around to, you know, like long strolls or walks, maybe back when you were in the 1400s where you had to go from one village to another. And, you know, there's a lot of time to sit around the fire and talk and think about what's life, what's the purpose mm-hmm. of life. But we really don't get that time any longer. Mm-hmm. We, we get updates, notifications. We got entertainment. We don't have to think about the bad things about life. And, and so for a lot of us, we just... Um, we medicate our way around it and we avoid the discomfort of the kind of event that would change us to the core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, maybe some of us are actually literally medicating ourselves. I mean, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. there are some times when you have to have medication, but, um, and then I think, you know, it's always easier to walk away from a marriage than it is to walk, uh, to work through it, uh, at least at that moment. And I know that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's hard to convince another person to improve what they're doing in that marriage. And people will just leave you, you know, it, because it would be easier to leave. Mm-hmm. I, I, re- I remember when I was going through through my div- uh, divorce, with uh, particularly the part with my daughter Dawn, is that there was putting her on the airplane and picking her. I mean, she was only three. So we'd put her on the airplane. I would drive to Atlanta because we'd want it to be a straight shot no yeah, no yeah. switching planes so i would drive to atlanta put her on an airplane uh, at the age of three so just That's think unbelievable. doc or yeah. Al, alice and 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 her mother would be at the other end in san antonio so the airplane would land 
Um, and that was, they were gut-wrenching moments, crying. I mean, I was, you know, I remember when the stewardess had to escort me off the plane, and uh, but I had to buckle her in, and she's crying, daddy, daddy. I mean, all the, the worst imagery that you can mm. think of. And I know that a lot of guys would say, listen, I'm just going to let my kid live. I'm not putting my kid through this all the time. It'll be easier for my child if I just disappear. And I know a lot of guys who have done that, not because they're callous, not because they're wicked, but because the emotional anguish associated with staying in there was so difficult, it just sounded right. You know, hey, let her, let her live, live. She'll be better off not going through this all the time. And though that sounds right and it would maybe medicate the situation, it is absolutely the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. so... Uh, good marriages or good relationships always happen when people, both persons, are engaged in the learning circle and they're they're doing their part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like the challenge of pain involved in life change. I, matter of fact, here's, here's a way that you can tell that you don't like challenge, and it's okay; it doesn't make you a coward or anything. But think about your your favorite verse in the Bible. Now, I don't actually. I'm not that guy that has an actual favorite verse in the Bible. I have a favorite book in the Bible. Well, mm-hmm. matter of fact, I think this book is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but just think about your favorite. What would you say? You've been around a lot of people. What is usually, quote me a couple. Uh, I, I, we won't hold what, you. What's called coffee mug ones, you know, print yeah, on yeah, nice coffee mug, mugs, put it down. Right, right. Uh, we can do Philippians 4.13. What's that one? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, this is not called the Bible you answer. to it man. on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not playing Bible trivia here. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is another one. Yeah, yeah. Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. Um, I mean, all those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wonderful, great verses, yeah. and, and those ones. So nobody picks a verse. Um, and jumps up and says, oh, this is my favorite. Let me, let me read you one of the most important verses in the Bible, uh-huh. spoken by Jesus. Um, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16, 24. I mean, I don't, oh, think, I've, your coffee I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen that on a coffee mug or some Kirkland thing, you know, painting or, you oh, know, yeah, that you can yeah. buy at Costco. Yeah. Uh, nobody says, I'm, I'm claiming it. I'm claiming mm. it, Lord. Mm. I'm claiming that verse right now. <laughs> I, I want to lose my life so that I can find my life, As you I'm know? sipping my latte. Uh, yes. So, and, and the reason why is because it's not in our nature. Mm-hmm. To choose that path, and I and I think all of us, you know, um, like the path of least resistance, and then, and there's nothing evil yeah. about that. I mean, who does? Mm-hmm. But it does communicate to us that some of the core changes that happen in us happen in the most adverse moments that are dynamically changing us. Uh, or using the language so much of Jesus where words like denying or picking up a cross and following, losing your life, that Jesus has an awareness that that's the kind of event or the kind of mindset, um, learning environment, where life is found, is where life is lost. And that's, so we, we tend to avoid the one place where Jesus calls us all 
to go mm-hmm. to, to learn. So I think it's really so. But we're not the only ones that are that way. So don't if you're out there that that's not my favorite Bible verse. Um, I remember seeing a guy with a with a license plate, and he it, it, he was here in Charleston. Matter of fact, I think it was the church next door. It was years ago. I think mm-hmm. he's gone to be with the Lord now. But his his license plate was die. Two and then SLF die to self. What kind, of, what kind of car was it on? Uh, I think it was a Camry. Oh well, at least that was consistent. So he did die <laughs> yeah. to self. I mean, he, he took it. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's reliable, yeah. but yeah. is that really what you yeah. want to be driving? <laughs> yeah. Unless the new ones. The new ones are pretty good. Yeah, especially if you get ones. a turbo one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but other than that, who wants to drive around? And, and and then also, I mean, that's sweet. But and I understood this devotion of the Lord. That's not going to attract the unbeliever, you know, that... Especially if he flips them off when they cut him oh, off. You yeah. can't flip anybody off in a car like that. <laughs> no, it's hard enough with a Crosstown sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, or he could turn it a different way. Like, he could be a road rager, and he <laughs> says, hey, die to self, and my name is Self. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, but... <laughs> oh, you yeah, know? his last name was Self. Self, yeah, yeah. Johnny Self. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I wasn't supposed to use his name in, oh, on the internet. Oh, sorry. I don't forget that. <laughs> sorry, Johnny. Uh, but Peter didn't like it either. Uh, not only did Peter not like this idea of learning in this kind of way, mm-hmm. but he didn't think he needed it. And we're going to take a, a look at this. He thought he was doing his part, and he thought he had done enough. And here's the big thing. He thought he was good enough, at least compared to the other people. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we will only take our learning as far as the other people around us have taken their learning. Or maybe we'll take it one step further. Um, I, I yeah. think we guess Christians get jealous of one another when we see that other people are prospering financially or, you know, they look really good or, you know. But they just love Jesus. And they just love Jesus. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. seem like they ever go through anything that is perpendicular to their lives. And it kind of ticks us off a little bit mm-hmm. uh, I mean, with uh, jealousy. But Peter was in this place where he thought he was good enough, at least compared to the people around. And that really is it. You know, hey, as long as I'm not this or as long as I'm not that, well, I didn't do it as bad as they did it or... You know, and it's like, no, that's, that's not it. So Peter gets put into the learning circle and he gets there kind of differently. And we're going to be taking a look at that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to listen to this transformational event for Peter as it is being described by Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. knows what's about to happen to Peter, that it's, it's a learning moment. Peter doesn't see it as a learning moment and Peter doesn't want to go into this learning moment and thinks he doesn't need to go. He thinks John and James and Thaddeus need to go. You know there was a guy named Thaddeus? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys, I didn't, I didn't even know they're, yeah. 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 Um, but it, so he thought everybody else. So why don't you take us into Jesus trying to prepare Peter mm-hmm. for this learning moment? This comes from a different couple of different places put together. But yeah. um, it starts out, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Now I got to stop right okay. here. Okay, all right. Who do you, I mean, Jesus says he's praying for him. So who's he talking who's to? Who's he talking to? <laughs> who's, he, who's he talking to? <laughs> We're stepping on holy ground We're right now. Ground. Mr. Ben would well, say, lightning's about, about to strike the... any moment. <laughs> well, and, and then when he closed his prayer, how would he close it? Yeah. 
My father, I thank you for this. In my name, I pray. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. Or how about if he was Catholic? In the name of the Father, my own name, Me? and the Holy Me? Spirit. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. who's the Holy Spirit? Yeah. So, okay, but uh, yeah. um, that your faith may not fail. Mm-hmm. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away, yet I will not. Lord, with you, I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. I will lay down my life for you. Basically, I got this, Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he's saying. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Okay. So Peter's insisting that he doesn't need to learn anything, that he already understands it. Um, He also thinks he can love and endure more than anybody else. Even though anybody else, I don't care what everybody else's behavior, I've got better behavior. So he doesn't want to go there. Uh, he also doesn't own his weakness. He doesn't even see that blind side out. He thinks it's always everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. He thinks everybody else is going to be able, but not him. And that's a really dangerous place to be. Um, and he even thinks more of himself than what, you know, it's kind of like he thinks he knows more than Christ does. Now, was this before he called him the devil or after? This is after. This after. is right before okay, so he's, the arrest yeah. of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. he really, uh, Peter just doesn't see, he's obtuse to this whole idea of the learning circle. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing is that Jesus knows exactly when Peter's going into a learning circle. So wherever you are in your life and whatever's gotten you there, because it doesn't matter that it's Satan that's asking, asking, okay? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what shoves you into the learning circle. There are all kinds of things. It could be economics. It could be, you know, a a marital issue. It could be Satan. Mm -hmm. It could be a car crash. It could be an MRI. Uh, I don't think that's as important. The important part to me is that Jesus is fully aware that Simon is about to walk into a learning circle. Mm -hmm. That gives me hope. Mm -hmm. That means I, even though I'm surprised by the moment, and Peter's totally just dumbfounded by the concept of such a moment, Mm -hmm. as I have been dumbfounded that certain moments have come into my life, um, it is good to know that, wow, okay, I've stepped into this learning circle. You have known it. Uh, your knowledge of me being here is not all that you have. It's not like, wow, does it make any better that God knows that you're in a learning circle? No, Jesus takes a step further. He says, I've prayed for you. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I am in the spiritual activity of your perseverance. I am praying for you. I'm a part of your persevering here and your success in this. Mm-hmm. Is I want to let you know, you're not going through this alone. I'm, I'm talking to my father about it, and I'm in this here as well. And I've heard the things that want to come after you. I, I know what they are. Mm-hmm. I know what your Satan is. I know what your adversity is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That gives me comfort. If, you, if I have to go through the moment, at least to know that somebody else is walking with me. Yeah. Um, and also is saying that I'm going to get through it, mm-hmm. as we'll look at that. Yeah. So he tells him what's going to happen, and he reveals that he's going to enter this sifting. Now, this sifting is being, and we're going to look at this word sifting, is being initiated by Satan for the destruction of Peter. And there may be people that have initiated moments in your own personal life that are 
kind of thrusted you into trials, maybe suing you, maybe, you know, breaking up with you, maybe, I don't know, speaking bad about you, it's really important to realize that whatever the intention of the person that brings you the hardship or whatever it is, that that doesn't control the hardship. Just because they initiated the hardship doesn't mean they're controlling the outcome of the hardship. Mm -hmm. And that's really important um, so that you don't focus on the person who initiated it. You, you spend more time, the journey walking through it and coming out of it successfully becomes your focus. Mm. Um, so uh, Satan has initiated it for destruction, but Jesus sees and, and, and sees that this adversity could be good for Peter. Now, I know there may be some that would argue with me that God just wants us to be, what, healthy, wealthy, and wise, and having great happiness and love and all this other stuff, but Peter, uh, Jesus sees this as a, a beneficial thing. Otherwise, Jesus would have shut it down. Mm -hmm. So, sifting like wheat is an interesting concept, and I know since we're not a, a, an agrarian or agriculturally driven society anymore, the idea of sifting is not really something everybody understands. Um, first of all, sifting is not an evil act. Being sifted is not innately... If you, if you Google it, you'll find out that sifting just is about farming. So it's not an evil act. It's like, oh my gosh, he said he was going to sift you. Oh, really? No, it, it doesn't mean something evil is happening to you. There's another process that's going on. Um... So what Satan says he wants to do and what Jesus is going to do in Peter are two totally different things. But this is a time when, when he's about to enter into it. Matter of fact, Jesus sees this as, as a beneficial moment for Peter. Mm. So we're going to talk a little bit about sifting. I don't know if you've done any farming lately. or I just remember the fool's gold thing. I don't know if that's actually sifting. No, uh, the something. Yeah, I guess you're sifting. You know, you, you getting, move that thing yeah, back. I guess they would use that word sifting. But that's the only sifting I've ever done. Yeah, I mean, oh, and man. you see it on shows city boy. when they're out there and they're they got like they'll be hitting the stalks of wheat, and then yeah. you'll see them with a little rake looking thing. Uh, was it a winnowing fork? A winnowing yeah, yeah, winnowing fork. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they'll yeah. throw it up in the air. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, what the heck's going on there? Well, that's those are the components. Uh, threshing and winnowing are the two components that make up this process called sifting mm -hmm. that Jesus is letting Peter go into, okay? So Jesus hadn't stopped it. He didn't say, um, Peter, Satan has asked that he can destroy you. And we gave him the thumbs up, <laughs> you know? No, he Good said, sift you, because Jesus knew that this was um, an important process in Peter's life. So it is the process. I'm going to read this as it came to me. It is the process of separating the wheat kernel or fruit from the leftover dead material called the chaff. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, the chaff would form a shell around the kernel called a husk. Yeah. And so the idea was that that husk is going to keep that seed, that kernel from germinating, from something good happening with it, or for it being used for making wheat and bread and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's got this husk around it. Uh, again, the husk doesn't necessarily have to be represent evil here. It just represents something that you don't need in your life anymore. 
the husk might have served a, pro, a, a purpose at some time, but mm-hmm. now it's not. It's getting in the way. It's something that needs to be cast aside. It could be something, a sin in a person's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is going to inhibit the value of what's inside it. So the husk needs to be removed. Yeah. Like I'm, corn on the cob. Yeah. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't eat with that thing on there. No, no, you can't eat with yeah, that. You gotta, yeah. You gotta peel it off in order to get to that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And so um if you realize that that's what sifting is, maybe mm-hmm. we wouldn't be so angry that God allows us to have sifting moments. Yeah. If he's really trying to take something off of us that is no longer necessary or could be evil in our lives for the purpose of revealing something with more potential in your life. And now we got to ask ourselves the question, would we be willing to subject ourselves to the, the, to the process of sifting in order for that to... Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people would say, nah, it sounds too costly. Or he's going to send me to the mission field in Africa. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. Like, terrifying as a kid. You yeah. don't want to... Yeah. So, um, the sifting involved two, two parts. One's called threshing, um, which is the, the tearing open or, or tearing away. And lo- it's the loosening of the chaff. And, and, and traditionally, it's done by milling or pounding. So, there's impact involved. And, and the reason why you just need to kind of t- take a hold of this metaphor is because you can see adversities do these things. There's this pounding that an adversity can do on your life. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it breaks the wheat. Um, and so now you've got this husk and it's been broken open and now we've got the kernel inside. But we still have the husk here. Now it needs to go to the next step. It needs to be thrown up into the air and for the purpose of or winnowing so that it, the, with the wind blowing it and uh, it will, the air will separate the husk from the kernel. Mm-hmm. And then when it falls to the ground, the, the seed falls and the husk blow, is blown away uh, like chaff. It ref, scripture refers to it as chaff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a material that kind of gets blown away and the heavier seed drops down. Um, you can see the metaphor beginning to unfold in front of us. There are some things that need to be broken in our lives. And, and, and I'll, I'll just say this, that uh, um, what most of us want is we want our full potential. We want, we, we throw up our prayers before God, like throwing up the wheat. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want threshing. I don't want brokenness. I just, God, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my life. And it's like, I'm, and when, you, when it falls back down to the ground, I'm hoping it's going to be perfect. But I don't want you to pound it. I don't want you to mill it. I don't want you to thresh it. I, I just want to throw it up to you and hope it comes down. Remember, everything has this, this pairing of twos that we saw in the learning circle. It's this idea of believing but obeying. The call, the response. So all those things were, so there's got to be the threshing so that it breaks it open so that when the winnowing occurs, that something can fall off. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that as a pastor that I've experienced in my own personal life and in other people's lives, that we go to God every Sunday and just throw our lives up before God, but we are, but the husk is still there. It's unbroken. We haven't repented of anything. We haven't been broken in any way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still there. And it comes down and it's like, well, God didn't do anything. 
And it's like, well, the husk wasn't broken. You didn't want pounding. You didn't want the difficult word. You didn't want, you, you, you want. And then there's another uh, experience that I see is that some people will have just the opposite take a place where they will have the brokenness that occurred, but they never g- give it to God for him to remove the husk. So we find ourselves in an addictive behavior where we don't like the thing that we're caught up in, but we just don't let it go. You know, it's like, I think the writer of Hebrews said it this way, looking unto the author and finisher of our faith, throwing aside every sin that easily besets us. You know, running after Christ. And a lot of times we want God to do something in our lives and we're open to that, God just break me, but don't take her away. You know, God, I, I, I know I'm not supposed to love money, but I want to keep it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what the young rich ruler went through. He wanted to know the principles of the kingdom of heaven. And when Jesus told him the kingdom of, of heaven, he's like, yeah, but I, and I've done all that. I've done all that. And he's like, yeah, but you still got your husk. And he didn't want to get rid of the husk. So we may find ourselves in one of two places. We want the blessing of God, the deliverance of God, the unbounding of God, but we don't want the corrective, you know, moment, or we are open to the corrective moment, but we still hold on to the sin. We mm-hmm. still hold on to the compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find either one of those have played out in your life? Where Which one would you lean to? Are, are you more open to the to the hard instruction, but hold on to it. it when it's all said and done, you really didn't throw it aside. You didn't do the winnowing part. Or would you say that you, um, you've winnowed without breaking? I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah, it sounds so much better. I mean, who wants to get their butt kit and not, you know, profit yeah, anything off of it? I know, yeah. But a lot of times we just hold on to the very thing that destroys our lives. Mm-hmm. And we know it destroys our life. We've had the illumination. We've had the breakout moment but yet we will continue to hold on to that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think we think Sunday mornings are going to cure so much for us if we just sing songs, and nothing against being the worship mm-hmm. leader, mm-hmm. but you know that it is a broken and contrite heart that God will not despise, and that when we present that to God, that's when the change occurs. When we mm-hmm. say, take it from me, um, renew a right spirit within me, take this anxious heart, that's when real change takes place. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's when people usually bail out. We want the beatitudes, but we don't want the discipline part that goes with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so all of this can speak to anything in our lives. It doesn't have to just speak to evil in our lives. It could be any situation that, that's got a hold of our heart that needs to be broken and we just uh, need to allow God to do it. Like, you know, I think one of the husks that I had in my life was maybe my relationship with my father. It's like I became my own man, you know, went in the military, and it's like Pop can't control me anymore, and he's not going to pay for my bills, and it's like I'm my own man, so, you know, screw you, old man, you know. Mm-hmm. I had that, I totally had that attitude. But you know what's crazy? Is that old man went with me wherever I went because that attitude was like a husk around my, you know. So I, here I was out there in the world trying to prove myself a man. 
uh, not for my own sake or for God's sake in my life, but rather just to prove the old man wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was funny, you know, Pop didn't want to be in my head, but I allowed the husk of resentment to surround me, unforgiveness, and um, it's funny, it's like he went everywhere with me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, for some of us, it may be compromises. Uh, what are some of the other things that you think could be a husk around the human heart? You can have unforgiveness. Yeah, that's a big one. I, I think that probably would be the... Bitterness, those yeah. kind of things, yeah. Yeah. Both of the, well, one kind of almost leads to the other. Yeah. But... Anger. Yeah. That could, that could be one. You can um, have a victim mentality or spirit. Oh, sure. Could, yeah. She, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, stubbornness and pride. That's another oh, one. Oh, yeah. That's a big one, yeah. Resentment, big time. Um, disappointment and sadness. It is yeah. really... It is really... When you experience that, and, and even if you suffered an, an incredible loss in your life, I mean, like a, a child or, or a loved one, uh, and, and those are like almost the most you know, difficult situation you could go through, I could see how unresolved that could become a husk around the heart. Mm-hmm. So that, um, I don't know if you guys are Lord of the Rings fans. Uh, anybody watch Lord of the Rings? Oh, oh, oh dabbled. He dabbled. Did you see, did you see he made this face like, <laughs> what is that? Okay. Uh, do you know who Boromir is? Okay. Do you know who, um, who is that, the guy that was standing in? Okay. I'm beginning to find out that I don't know as much as I thought. Uh, that city with the tree. Yes. What's the name of the city with the tree? Gondor. Yeah. Gondor? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then there was Saruman. That, then there was that judge. I mean, the guy that was filling in for the king. Oh yeah. And yeah remember, yeah. Bormir died. Yeah. And he had a second son. Is this anybody tracking with me on this? Yeah. Um, Faramir. Yeah. He could yeah. never love Faramir because he lost Bor. <laughs> Bormir. Bormir. Deanna, please comment on yeah, this. Yes, please. This conversation. Bormir. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, so he could not get over the loss of one child, so it became a husk that just that was destroying the other child. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think that can happen. I think mistrust of maybe a first marriage can become a husk in the second marriage, where you become suspicious of a person that you really need to have no suspicion about. Mm-hmm. But yet that husk journeyed with you, mm-hmm. you know? Well, this church did me this way, so therefore all church... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people out there that have had disappointments with God, have had disappointments with church, and that is just, you know. You know what's funny about that is because usually when I talk to them about Jesus, they seem to be okay with Jesus. But when you go any further than Jesus, it, it, they shut right down. So everybody likes the idea of Jesus, but we've gone husk on the church, mm-hmm. and that needs to be broken, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also we can get wrapped up in selfism. That's probably self-promotion, mm-hmm. self-pleasure, uh, you know, I mean, just seeking, you know, constantly things that are good for you and not for other people. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been a selfish guy a few times in my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about a husk in a marriage? What's that look like? Oh, it's the... 
what would you say after three years or something? Yeah, it's like that's when it, the dopamine starts to wear off, uh-huh. or there's Serotonin you know, yeah, and that stuff. so it can begin to encase the heart with that husk. Yeah, where it's starting to you don't have the warm fuzzies anymore right. as much as you used to, and, yeah, and it gets normal and things get right, and then complacency can set in. Yeah, and all of a sudden there's a husk around yeah. this relationship that you're wondering how you got there, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can, in case it, for some of us, we have broken the binding, but we just haven't cast it away. And I think that becomes a, a real problem for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to salute Peter. Judas goes into a situation like this and Peter goes into a situation. Um, Peter reemerges out of it, but Judas doesn't. And I don't think it's just because, and, and I, if you're a Calvinist out there, um, thanks for joining us. Um, well, I guess you had no choice. <laughs> Good old, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, um, but if you're a Calvinist out there, um, some people will think, well, Judas was just doomed for the start, you know, and he didn't have any choices in the matter. I, I, I think, uh, I think God just knew how Judas would respond to a sifting moment and, um, and knew that this dude's not going to respond to a sifting moment. So I'm going to use him in a different way. Uh, he's not open to learn. He's not open to be taught. Um, he, there's no brokenness there. And so I, I think Judas's falling away and betrayal of Christ is not so much the predestination of God, but it is the result of a heart that is not open to be sifted. Peter, I mean, because let's be honest, Peter does kind of the same thing. He betrays him. I mean, he tells it right to the to the servant girl. Okay, here's this big husky fisherman telling the servant girl, "I never knew him. I'm not with him." And Jesus is over there, and Jesus is hearing him because it says, as soon as he said this, Jesus turned and looked at him. I can only imagine how Peter felt when he saw oh Jesus turn and look at him. So, so I don't think. There really is a difference in the kind of like one's a crime and this one's a worse crime, and so Peter just committed a better crime and ended up in heaven. No, I, I think it was this whole idea of how were they going to respond to a sifting moment when they were challenged, and Judas just had no openness at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so but we find in the scriptures that Jesus prays for Peter's success. And he tells Peter that if he will go through this moment, that he will have a benefit to offer other people. Uh, What's the particular verse? What's it say? Once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Okay, so so Jesus has confidence that Peter's going to go through this and that when he comes out of a sifting moment, he says, Peter, you're going to have something that you didn't have before and you're going to be able to give it to other people. That's the beautiful fruit of a sifting moment is that you not only have personal revelation and strength and transformation, but he said, you're going to come out of this and you know how you want to be in charge? You know how you want to control everybody? You know how you think you're better than everybody and you don't need all this stuff? Well, to be honest with you, when you come out of this, I'm actually going to use you in such a way to strengthen other people, to encourage other people, to, be the, to kind of be the rock star. But right now, you can't be the rock star mm-hmm. um, because you think you're the rock star and you think you can change everybody. But he says, listen, if you go through this moment, when you come out of it, I want you to strengthen 
your brothers. So I, I, I want you to um, see something here. Do I have it? I think I, I have it in my notes here. Um, and I'm going to skip forward on this. It says, once, you've, once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. It's an incredible Greek word here mm-hmm. for the word to strengthen. Um, I'm going to let you pronounce it. I'm going to go sterizo. Sterizo. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah, sterizo. It's where we get the word steroid from. So here's Peter living a non-steroid life. Mm-hmm. Okay? Non-juicy. He, non-juicy. He's not yeah. juicy at all. Yeah. So, um, and, but Jesus says, when you come out of this, you're going to have something, you're going to have a steroid yeah. You know, you're going to be able to strengthen your brother. You, you know, and um, that's a powerful thing. So he tells him, you're going to go, I want you to go back and I, I want you to go to your, your wife and I want you to give her the steroid. I want, you to, I want you to bring that strength to your children. I want you to bring that, uh, um, that strength to your calling, to your career, to your devotion. So I want you to bring it to brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I want you to bring that strength to them because... They're going through their own difficulty, and I'm giving you the steroid, and I want you to kind of, you know, give it to them to strengthen them. Mm-hmm. But if none of us want to go through the sifting process, then we never get that enhancement of our lives. Mm-hmm. But Peter gets that enhancement, and he's told that when you get this, you're going to be able to strengthen people now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a, a powerful... Yeah. I mean... You can teach... I mean, when you are in freedom walking in freedom you tend to speak more confidently that other people can get through it right because you're actually you're like doing what Peter's doing yeah you're this was it steroidal impact on them yeah he has steroidal impact (laughs) that's exactly what he's doing yeah Um, people like on Sunday morning like this last Sunday uh, if you haven't listened to it you gotta listen to it even if you wanna get a laugh out of it but Mm -hmm. um, people ask me why Oh, somebody was saying to me today, it takes such courage for you to share stuff like that. And it's like, I'm always amazed by that because I don't see it as courageous. I mean, I really don't. That, that, that does not scare me. Getting an, an MRI, that scares the heck out of me. Uh, but standing in front of a group of people and telling them what my weakness is or what I've done wrong in the past or what I struggle with, um, I, I really feel like I'm dispensing a steroid. Uh, and why? I'm doing it from a position of having been broken, having this winnowing effect, and that the husk no longer controls my life. And it's like what you think is courageous. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. I just, it's my strength. It's what God's given me because of going through all those things and having come out the other side, having Christ take me through that learning story. It's like, no, there's no courage in this. It's like, I came out of it so that I could give you a steroid, mm-hmm. so I could strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think our, our testimony sometimes of going through, even our testimony isn't just when Jesus does amazing things in our life. It's, it can be part of how we walk through our biggest mistake of our lives mm-hmm. and that we were recovered by God. Uh, and people don't think there's any strength in sharing your weakness, but it's not the case. And so, um, I mean, I can only imagine what Peter said when he strengthened his brothers. How do you think that conversation went? So he comes out of this sifting moment, 
denies Christ, goes through the, the brokenness, the shame, the, the, the soul searching in the middle of the night of betrayal against Christ, and then comes out of it, experiences redemption. What do you think that story looks like when he talks to other guys? I think he goes up to him and says, hey, dude, I know you screwed up the other night. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you about the time I screwed up. Mm-hmm. When I told Jesus I was going to keep him yeah. from being killed. And so that's why Peter does not keep Mark. And I'm, this is speculation. But when Mark writes probably Peter's testimony of the life of Christ and writes his gospel, that's why Peter says, no, 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 no. You need to put that part where I, I denied him three times. Come on, man, you're the author of this book. Wouldn't you, why would you want that? You're the leader of this church. Well, him and James, but, yeah. you know, it's like, you're, wouldn't you write that mistake out? Yeah, the same one with him uh, after he calls him the rock I'm going to build his yeah. church on. Then he goes, it's like eight verses later. Yeah. And says, <laughs> get behind me. Say, right. I mean, if, Wouldn't you leave that out, too? Yeah, I would leave it out. If I'm going to be the head <laughs> of the church. The rock, yeah. yeah, and I'm the one that's going to lead this. We're just going to, hey, do me a favor. Just don't put that part about me betraying. And it's like, no. Peter remembers, that's where I got my steroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hardships can be one of two things. It can be a destructive moment or it can be a steroidal moment. It can be a moment through, through the sifting, through the threshing and winnowing that we are empowered to give something to somebody else. And I don't understand why people wouldn't share that they've been through that. I mean, see, the reason why I would say that I had so many relationships before marriage is that I don't want people saying, you know, um, oh, so you've been married 33, 34 years. It's like, wow, way to hang in there. And it's like, no, I want you to know that guys like me don't have 33 years of amazing marriage. Mm-hmm. We just don't. And it's like, well, why a guy like you? Well, let me tell you, you know, about the 70, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I said whatever. I mean, once you're up into 70, I don't think adding a five on the end of it is kind of making the story worse, you know. <laughs> but but it's, it's and, and so I think it's really important that some of our biggest battles that we try to hide really are the thing that we're going to use to strengthen our brothers with mm-hmm. instead of being ashamed of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think, it, I think it's a really powerful thing. Because, I mean, to... Uh What's it in Revelation that says we'll overcome by the power of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? Yeah, yeah. So why would, yeah, that would be, that'd be one of the things that would say with one who's silenced in his best Yeah, is our testimony. I mean, can you imagine a father who now has this steroidal influence mm-hmm. into his children's life? See, how many kids do we have out there that are misdirected in who they are, their identity, and all the other things? And it's like, and, and most people my age will say, well, kids are just not the way they used to be. It's like, no, that kid lacked a steroidal influence. He lacked, he lacked a man or a woman in his life that was willing to be sifted, to learn, to go to the learning circle, be transformed, and then have that gift to give to their children. Mm-hmm. You know, How could a man like me possibly judge my children um, for premarital activity. I'm not saying my children did, but I was the perfect person to tell them. I know a lot of parents that won't tell their kid, their teenage kids, that they lived together before they got married because they want to paint this incredibly perfect picture of what their lives looked like. And I'm not going to tell them I screwed up. 
Oh, really? Okay, so did God help you through your screw up? Yes. So let me get this straight. God gave you something from heaven when you went through a bad thing and, and it has steroidal impact and you're going to keep it because you want to save face in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so... Um, we have any anybody uh, commenting out there? Oh, we got we got all all across the spectrum from you know. Is Kathy saying hi to people? Of course, yeah, she's doing it great too. <laughs> yeah, the, I can be- uh, <laughs> my wife Kelly. Oh yeah, she said uh, we shouldn't be hating on the Camry life. It's a working woman's Lexus. Oh, can't, oh, it's a working woman's Lexus? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. We're sorry. Didn't and mean that, to pick that. Yeah, and yeah, then it. You know, some was, people thought Susan drove a Camry. And, yeah. Uh, it was an Avalon. It was an Avalon. Okay, so. That's that's the high-class Camry. Bougie. I'm bougie. bougie. You know bougie spelled B-O-O-J-I-E? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is it? I don't yeah, think it it's is. Hooked on phonics, uh, <laughs> phonics. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so there's um, Simon. When we we're talking about the the things that kind of can husk that can surround our hearts, yeah. as you mentioned, you know, addiction could be one of the oh, big I, things that surrounds a person's heart. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was talking to Simon today about it. it. Is is just being careful about identifying yourself by your husk. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, yes, I understand that, you know, I struggle with alcoholism or drugs and all that stuff, but I would be very careful about strapping, you know, duct taping that to myself. It's one thing to recognize that it's a weakness or a proclivity of your life, but another thing to define yourself, especially when Jesus has already redefined you as something else, mm-hmm. a new creation, old things have passed away, all things are becoming new. So, yeah, and, and Simon's learned that and he teaches it to other people. Yeah. But you're right, an addiction can become a real husk around your life. Yeah. And a lot of, and everybody that has one usually wants to get rid of one, but they don't want to go through the threshing or they decide they don't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to be an alcoholic, but I just want to keep a few beers in the refrigerator. Um, sorry, you got to winnow that thing out of your mm-hmm. life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what are some of the things, as we, we're getting towards the end of this, what are some of the things that will throw you into a learning circle? I mean, into the sifting kind of moment. For for Peter, it was Satan kind of initiated. So yeah. let's just write that down, that spiritual warfare can thrust you into a conflict moment, into mm-hmm. a sifting moment. Yeah, compromises can. Uh, a compromise can do that. Um, yeah. I mean, some things that are out of your control, such as like this pandemic. Yeah. Um, that, that probably for a lot of people made them see some things about themselves or their relationships with their family. I mean, we're going to see, and we've already begun to see the numbers of domestic abuse yeah. and of alcoholism and addictions on just kind of left to loan to your own kind of flesh. Yeah. Come to wrestle with it during these times that can kind of push you into one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, adver- yeah, I, I did. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's adversity. Adversities, yeah. There's uh, challenges. There's conflicts. There's arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's loss. loss. Yeah, loss. Um, but Peter used his learning moment, or used this learning moment that he didn't even want to go in. That he didn't even think he needed to go in, but he did use it. And the difference between him and Judas is that he allowed it to break him, and allowed it to allow the work of God to remove the husk so that he could grow through it and then begin to strengthen other people. Mm-hmm. I want people to 
grab a hold of this. And the reason why I share uh, my life experiences on Sunday morning is that too many people are husked in by their worst mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care how many failed marriages you've had. I don't care what you snorted. I don't care what you struggle with that don't let life or the devil or a situation or a failure husk you in. You know, there's no mm-hmm. point when God says, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done with him. I can't do anything with him. You know, uh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, maybe with Judas, he did yeah. that. But I think the person that desires to be, to yeah. know God and to want to be transformed by God, there's always the opportunity yeah. f- for transformation. Yeah. It's not, it's never over. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really want to give people hope on that. And that's yeah. why I share what I share is that I'm unhusked and have a 33-year marriage. And, you know, I always talk bad about me on Sunday morning. Um, I could, you know, I could bring Susan up there and she'll tell you how amazing I am. I mean, I'm a great guy and all this other stuff. How did that happen? How did that happen? Um, it's because the Holy Spirit, God yeah. got a hold of me. Yeah, because we know that things left alone don't get better. No. On their own. What law of thermodynamics is that? I believe that would be the second law of thermodynamics. And that's called yeah. the law of... Entropy. There yeah. we go. There we go. We are back that? in high yeah, school again. Yeah, but that at seminary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't teach you about that. Right. Don't you wish you could have that 40000 bucks back? <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, no, that, we, that, we, we, we love Tim. We love Tim. Yeah. I mean, because he's so gracious. I mean, yeah. incredibly gracious, loving to people. Yeah. And also, we can make fun of him. Yeah. Uh, so, and he doesn't hit us. <laughs> yeah. Though he's good. He's he a pretty big guy. Yeah. So he's, he's from, uh, he he's knows a, I have a week back, yeah. so he knows right where to hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so any uh, closing comments that anybody's given us there? Uh, Mary Lee just said, Unbound says, give your testimony of deliverance for others to be encouraged to receive the same empowerment. See, that's so, steroidal yeah. testimony right there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mary Lee. That's exactly yeah, right. That's right. See, I think it's almost like God gives us all, I mean, if I can use a gun analogy, he gives us yeah. like a gun and he gives us all these life experience and bullets. And it's like, it's like, d- dude, hit the target, you know? Hit the target. And so, uh, load that thing every once in a while. Yeah. And I hope when I go to heaven <laughs> that my gun's empty. <laughs> you know, not that I've killed anybody, but uh, <laughs> empty the, not that you empty the uh, magazine. Maybe it's not a good metaphor. No, maybe I it's, think let's it's, go back it's to the weed. Apart. Let's go yeah. to the Bible. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, use the Bible we, one. That's a better one. Yeah. Right. Any questions here? Any? any? No? And no questions? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have been here with you guys. Yeah. I, I know we go a lot into this, but there's got to be a place where you 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 get into the word of God and you there is that threshing and that's mm-hmm. win, that winnowing, mm-hmm. you know? That time when you wrestle with it, where you look at what words say, what was Jesus's meaning? And on Sunday morning, I've got to do the job of the evangelist, the prophet, the pastor, um, all at the same time, and I only have about 35 minutes to do it with. But you need times when you get into the Word, and Jesus says, hey, listen, this may not be your favorite verse, but, you know, you've got to die to self. Mm -hmm. And if you lose your life, you'll find your life. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing to learn, but it is part of the empowerment that we can then turn around and give to other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. why don't you close this out in prayer? Yeah, well.
Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you for your word that we get to learn more about you. We get to learn more about how much you care for us, even so much as to to separate us from um, the stuff that maybe husks around us and comforts around us and things that we don't necessarily want to engage in so that something more beautiful, something stronger, something more resilient can emerge. Thank you for just being here with us. Thank you for everyone that's joined us. I pray that God, you would help us all to take what we've learned tonight, apply it, to continue to grow more and more like you. Um, We just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's going to guide us and going to help us accomplish that. We love you. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm excited for the ladies' conference. Oh, I know. Um, Stacy and the girls have been working. Yeah, it's going to be good. Really hard. It's it's going to be good. And um, I love it because I know they're going to be seeking the face of God and that's Uh going to cascade and trickle down. Oh, to, yeah. to everyone, oh, yeah. to their families, but also to this church. And also, I want to encourage you, if you're if you're a, maybe a senior adult out there, and what that means you're like my age or, or older, uh, there is a youth breakaway taking place in the summer. They're going yeah. on a week-long, intense time. Yeah, I mean... Conference. Did you yeah. do those when you were younger? Oh, every year. Yeah. yeah. You got saved every year? I got, oh, definitely. Every year. You got saved every <laughs> year. Uh, last year... Um, we had a bunch of people get baptized. How many? Eight, eight. Right there in the. Yeah. Right there. Here, right yep. there at the place. Yeah. Yeah, right there at the hotel pool. Yeah. So what an incredible thing. Um, but I, it's five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking if you're if you're if you're fifty or older. How about that? I put it to the Crosstown family or anybody out there listening. If you're fifty or older, um, and you could invest uh, steroidally. Mm-hmm. Um, $50 towards somebody's, I mean, 500 bucks is hard to come up with, especially yeah. if you've got two kids and it gets pretty, yeah. um, if you'd like to do that, you can go online to our website and you can give that way. And please right. make a notation that it goes to youth. Yeah, there is a, and if you, yeah, if you have, uh, both our website, under the student section Yeah, and on the app, on the homepage, you'll see a student life, um, just a tab right there. You can click on it. It'll take you right to where you need to go, but yeah. that'll be, you know, yeah. Yeah, so l- let me encourage you to do that, and uh, yeah, don't let know. the money stand in the way of yeah, letting one can... of these young people hear about Christ, hear about the kind of world He wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. thanks very much. Yeah. And we hope you guys have a great night. Yeah, thank you.